Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. series we have the dynamic duo speaking tonight we have emily gross yeah and yar kwai did i say it right yeah <laughs> awesome so emily go ahead and take it away all right thank you that was fun i haven't played a game like that probably since i was in junior high it was awesome. It was good. These games have been really fun, and, and letting out our inner child, it's been great. All right, I'm just going to pray so we can get on track here. Lord, I just thank you so much for what you're going to do tonight. God, we're just excited to cap this series, to uh, just share your heart for tonight, Lord, and I just pray that you'd be with us. I pray that you would soften our hearts to just receive what you're conveying tonight through Yara and I. I pray that you would just um, speak through us, God, that you would just let your words um, be what comes out of our mouths. God, we want to honor you with what we're saying. We want to honor you with our um, this message tonight, God. So we just want to give you the glory, and we're so excited to just receive what it is you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we are ending our series on character tonight. How many of you guys have enjoyed this series so far? I really have. I feel like it's been just awesome. How many of you haven't felt challenged through this series in your character? Good. Have had. Have have felt. Have you not been challenged? Not, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but are we also recording on the podcast? We good to go? Thank you. Okay. Just wanted to check with an issue with that the other week. Good job, guys. You're the best. Um, so anyways, I really have. I felt like it's really caused me to look at, at my character and at the way I present myself or the way I say things. And um, we kind of just wanted to cap that off with a really solid uh, kick, kick add to it. Uh, we're going to talk about integrity tonight. And um, I think that like, I don't want y'all to feel like we're coming down your throats. We've tried really hard to not do any, not be like that. But I just kind of want to encourage you to really allow yourself to be challenged in this area because uh, it's a little uncomfortable. And um, because it really, integ- having integrity means calling us to a new level and not allowing ourselves to compromise and not allowing ourselves to be swayed by like the wind and the waves, but like really staying firm to who we are and who God has called us to be. And so the definition of integrity says means adherence to moral and ethical principles, soundness of moral character, and honesty. Integrity is incredibly challenging because it means we do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not because it's the easy thing to do, not because it is uh, what is convenient. We do that what it's right because it's right, despite what people think, despite um, how it may sway people's opinions or how your circumstances might change, we do the right thing because the, the, the right way is the way to do it. And like, I don't if anyone ever wants to see what a really good picture of integrity is, honestly, is Pastor Daniel. Like you, some of you may not know Pastor Daniel super well outside of like the Sunday pulpit or maybe at all, but he is a man of absolute integrity. Um, I don't know if Taylor remembers this or not, but we were playing a, when our first missions trip, um, uh, years ago to Africa, we were like on our day off and we were playing a game of cards and I said a word that was not a bad word. 
I don't know. Do you remember this? And it was not necessarily like, uh, it wasn't a bad word. It was just like not the nicest sounding word. And Pastor Daniel, I like, we were playing a game of cards and someone totally set me up to lose. And I was like, what the heck? And I said whatever. And again, it wasn't inappropriate. But Pastor Daniel reaches over and goes, oh, and he slaps me on the hand like real light. And he goes, don't say that. That's, that doesn't come off that like, great way for a lady to say that or whatever. And I was like, what the heck? Like, did you just smack my hand and be like, don't say that? Like, I was like so caught off guard and it was such like a dad moment, you know, and it was fine. Do you not remember this? Remember when we were playing hearts with Rob? Anyways, it was, I, I, it was like, anyways, I was like, so like, what the heck? And then I, and it really caused me to just kind of watch Pastor Daniel and the way he conducts himself and in the way he speaks. And it's such a way of like, Pastor Daniel, like he's not perfect, but he does, he carries himself in a way with so much integrity that he probably, I don't even know that he realized he does it. He does it. Like, it's just this thing, do, okay, how many of you have people in your life that you feel like call you to a higher level and you watch what you say or how you act around them, right? Those are people that have integrity. They cause us to think about what we say and how we act because they're carrying themselves in a place that you're like, oh my gosh, I want to make sure I represent myself well in front of them. That's how Jesus was. Like the disciples. And that's kind of, that is such an example of who, who Christ is in our lives, because we want to call people to a higher standard. And ultimately that's what integrity does. Um, Proverbs 10, nine says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Um, David, were you able to get the passion translation of that one? Can I see that one? Because I forgot to write it down. This is really good. Look at this. The one who walks in integrity will experience a fearless confidence in life, but the one who is devious will eventually be exposed. There is no way to outrun your lies. You might think that you can outrun your lies. You might think you can outlie your lies, but eventually it will catch up with you. And coming from somebody who lied herself around this like stupid circumstance years and years ago for a couple of years, it all finally caught up with me, kicked me in the butt. I fell down a set of stairs, not literally, but, and I was just like, okay, now I need to go back and own up for all this stuff that I lied to everybody about. And I was so ashamed, but I felt, I realized that in the moment, if I had just owned up to my actions and had integrity with myself, I would not have felt that way because I would have been met with like people who loved and were so glad that I was honest with them. And you are going to meet people who are not going to be excited about your honesty. But when you have integrity in the way you carry yourself and in the way you speak, they cannot hold things against you. Titus 2, 7 and 8 says, In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. I think, like, we have to be careful sometimes so closely of what we say. And um, being like a boss, it's, I have to be very careful what I say because I might say one thing not meaning anything in maliciously whatsoever, but if it can get twisted and taken and said by somebody else. And then now somebody thinks that I said something that I did not mean, but can 100% come across that way. And I have to think so closely uh, before I speak in order to make sure that that cannot be like said in a way that can be harmful. Does that make sense? And, and now like, I'm not saying, and, and really like thinking before we speak is a really good thing. Like that is a good thing to practice and it's very hard. But if 
like we, if we can run everything through this filter of integrity saying, if I, if, you know, if Jesus was standing in the room, would I say this out loud? You know, like, and here's the other thing, like we can't, I love what Christy was saying in worship when she was talking about like, he's not afraid of our sin. Like we cannot shock him with our thoughts. <laughs> like he knows them all already. And you're not going to like shock the Lord by suddenly like being honest with him about like what you're thinking because he already knows it. Praise God. Like he's not, yeah, exactly. He's not going to, he's not going to be like, oh, Oh my, that's so inappropriate. You know, like the Lord's going to be like, all right, let's change this. My let's, let's fix this up a little bit. Like he's not going to be shocked. Um, and I'm going to talk about like, and Jesus was such a man of integrity. He did not compromise based on what other people said about him. And in Mark 12, 13 to 17, it says later they spent, sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. So they were trying to trip him up. It says, they came to him and said, teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. You are not swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay taxes? And then Jesus says, why are you trying to trap me? You know, give unto Caesars what is Caesars. And really the point that I love here is this, is he says like, um, his, the people come to him and say, you pay no attention to who other people are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And I think one of the, one of the reasons that Jesus was so attractive to people is that he did not compromise who he was. He did not compromise the word of God in his life. And he, um, did not change based on his circumstances. And it's so easy to change based on like what is happening around us. And like, like one of the things that attracted me the most to Dominic long before I even like wanted to marry him was the fact that he is a man of integrity. Because if you know Dominic, he is the same, whether we're hanging out at his parents' house, whether we're in a giant group of people, whether he's on stage or whether we're just like chilling at home. Dominic is always the same. He is just as goofy and obnoxious up here as he is at home. And he, he's good with that. I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, and that was like something that I knew I could trust Dominic with anything because he was the same person. He didn't show me two different sides of himself. Having, being a person of integrity and having integrity with ourselves mean that we can, other people can trust us. And like, you can look at Dominic and like, I've seen over the years of being his friend and now being his wife, like people come to Dominic and tell them things that they don't always tell everybody else because they know they can trust Dom because he is always the same in every circumstance. He doesn't sway based on what happens around him. And, and I just think that like, and that's what Jesus, that's what Jesus did. And the question is like, who do we want to be? Like who, what kind of person and impact do we want to lead in this life? Personally, like as much as I want to go to the nations and I want to impact as many people as I possibly can, if the legacy I leave is that I was a person of integrity, like that is good to me because that means that people knew that they could trust me. That means that I was a person of my word. That means that I also had integrity with myself. I think that we a lot of times compromise integrity on ourselves or even like compromising our morals and values. How often will we cut corners because we want to get someone else's attention or affection? And then next thing you know, we start to feel this feeling that's guilt and that is shame that is brought on because we do not have integrity with ourselves. We are not willing to value ourselves enough to have integrity over our own lives and that we compromise for everyone else because we care more about other people's opinions of ourselves than we do of what our own life looks like. And the more that we value ourselves, the more that we value who the Lord is in our life and what he said and stick to our guns, the more that integrity becomes natural. And I think that it's hard at first. It's hard to like, oh. 
I know that I really want to say this thing because this person will think I'm cool or like me better, but I actually don't agree with what they're saying right now. So do I have integrity with myself and do I just simply like say like, no, I don't think that's okay. Do I ignore it? Or do I like laugh at the joke that is completely inappropriate and hurtful, but I don't think is okay. And like we, I'm going to just say this last little point that I just think is really um, awesome. And then I'm going to pass it off to Yar, but, and it's a little intense, but it's kind of, but it's true. Um, at work, I'm, like part of my responsibility is making sure everybody does their job right. And so because of that, if I walk by somebody doing their job incorrectly and I don't acknowledge it, it automatically means that I am like letting them get away with and be okay with that. And sometimes it's hard because that means we have to have uncomfortable conversations. I'm not saying that you should go around telling everybody doing something inappropriate that they are. Like, don't walk down the street and be like, don't drink that. Don't eat that. What are you doing with your life? Like, I'm not saying that's how we should be doing. I'm just trying to give an example. <laughs> I'm just trying to give an example. And, like, look at that through your own, like, yourself in your own eyes. Saying if you knew some, if you know that something in your life tempts you or something pushes you over the edge or something puts you in a place where you're not okay with or you know that eventually is going to lead to something worse. Don't do it. Don't allow yourself to even compromise even a little. Like hold that integrity over yourself. And years, the more you do it, the more practice you get, the more easier it gets. And it becomes as natural as like what the life that, uh, like as Pastor Daniel. Like I really don't, like he, I'm sure he thinks about it, but I just think he doesn't like, he did not consciously think I'm going to reach over and smack Emily's, Emily's wrist because she said a word she shouldn't say. Like, you know, like I think he just did it out of instinct, like holding me to a higher standard. Been on mission trips where people say like slightly slanderous things and he'll do the exact same thing, you know? And, I, and there's so many different examples in everyone's, like people's lives that we can give. And it's more than just, it's more than just that. But I just really, as we kind of go continue through this message tonight, like I really want to just encourage you to begin to think about that in your own lives and with yourself and say, okay, where is an area that I'm compromising integrity over my life? Is it, and it could be something as simple as like not being, like not loving yourself enough or not being honest with your own self. Maybe it's as, maybe it's more like, um, you know, I'm not being honest with these people or in my job or with my finances or w whatever it might be. Think of, begin to just kind of think about that. And, and we're going to have an opportunity a little bit later on in the night to really like come to the Lord and begin to deal with these things and, and challenge and support each other as a family to call ourselves to another higher level. So uh, without leaving a little heavy note, come on up here. Give Emily another round of applause. <laughs> so I want to start off uh, my part, and it's going to be being having integrity with others. And I want to go into David and Jonathan's relationship. So 1 Samuel 18 in the New Living Translation, verse 1. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. And Jonathan made a solemn pact to David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt. And even in this time when he was doing this, Saul was plotting to try to kill David because of his jealousy over how much David had favor with man, he had favor with God, and he even had favor with Saul's daughter, Michal. And even though Saul was trying to kill David, he even told his servants and Jonathan to go and kill him. But in 1 Samuel 19, 
um, Jonathan said, but Jonathan, because of his strong affection for David, he told him what his father was planning. Jonathan goes and talks to his father and says, the king must not sin against his servant David. He's never done anything to harm you. He's always helped you in any way he could. So Jonathan continues to reassure his father that David was not the bad guy. And many times Saul vowed to David, um, Saul vowed to not kill David, but then that anger and that rage will build up again and he continued to plot against him. So now we ask ourselves, how do we learn to be true to others? And point number one is we think before we speak. So are you one to always say, oh, let me hang out with this person this day. You plan this whole event, and then the night before, you're like, well, um, do I really want to go? I have plans. And then you go, and you just blow them off, like, oh, I'm sleeping. <laughs> or are you one to always, like, yes, I'll pray for you. Like, you make all these requests to pray for people, but then you forget because you're busy, right? And I... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not here to like try to condemn you or anything because I've done this before and um, it just opens room for us to just allow God to teach us responsibility and to convict us to only be better so point number two is prioritize relationships and that's friendships intimate relationships family relationships etc whatever you want to call it and so there's a reason why God um, created relationships in the beginning. There's a reason why it's God, Holy Spirit, and Jesus as one working together. So they exemplified that um, good friendships and how God wants us to be around people who lift us up and not down. He shows this that there's actually supposed to be more than one with you. And, um, and we get to use this as an example as well. And also David and Jonathan's friendship was also this example because throughout the story, you see how Jonathan constantly goes out of his way to save David, even if it was at, the, um, at his father's life. His father's life was on the line. And I'm not saying go super crazy, like, you know, put your life down for someone. You can if you want, but I'm not saying that. But it just, um, it just shows us that... Um, being fr with friendships, there's sacrifice. And in John 15, 3, it says that greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friend. So the sacrifice here of being committed to a friend is the laying of, um, to laying of one's life down. But you can ask in your own life, um, did you give up something because I really value this person? Or, um, and, sorry. Yeah, so um, I gave this up because I really valued this person. And being in college, being as young adults, we want, um, and having a degree, we want this future job. But if we don't have integrity now, how do we get hired then? If we don't prioritize our relationships now, how do we prioritize it in the future? And um, so we prioritize the people around us as well because we value what God says in the Bible. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, he says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can pick him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. The moral of this point is don't be the man that falls down with no one around him to help him up because you didn't value the friendships that God has given you. And point number three is to keep your words no matter what. Proverbs 18.21, it says your words, and this is in the Passion Translation, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. And the talkative person will reap the consequences. And I'm not just talking about words that you just continue to say over and over again, but those words, if you're not keeping your words, if you're one who just gives people your words and, you're not, and you don't back them up, those words aren't bringing life because the, of the actions that you have set. It does not line up with the words you're bringing. So instead, you're bringing death. So God is saying that we are powerful people. So don't use your words. So use your words to bring life and not death. 
And if you don't think you're able to keep those words, there's this famous quote that says, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so keep your words to yourself until you're able to commit to that. And this last point is, we learn how to be true to others by following the example of Jesus and allowing him to lead us and help us. And I know Emily went into this already, but we see how Jesus, he stopped for the beggars, he stopped for the blind, he stopped for those who needed healing. And even um, after he prayed and he, um, healed them, they followed him because they wanted to hear what he had to say. They, um, even his disciples, there's a reason why he had 12 disciples around him. And those 12 disciples were fruitful to um, create more disciples because Jesus just set such a great example for that. So we get to not only follow that example, but we allow God to not make us only a people after his heart, but a people also after his own people. So when, um, when they say faith without works is dead, it doesn't mean you're just having, I know right, sometimes right now we're having faith for certain families to get saved or having faith for certain people to get saved. But just having that faith, it means nothing if you don't have, we don't put action after that. And if, say, if God, like, puts someone in your heart for you to go talk to, actually go talk to them, reach out to them, because who else is going to bring the word to them but you if God puts that in your heart? So we become more like Christ when we ask the question, what would Jesus do in certain situations in our lives? And that, for ex um, some examples would be, would Jesus cancel that appointment that I got so excited for? And that's a no. <laughs> would Jesus say that he would pray for me and then all of a sudden blow me off? Or would Jesus, um, does Jesus make promises that he can't keep? And all those questions is no, he doesn't do that. So when we say, God, give me your heart and teach me how to be like you, um, now we're just saying, uh, we're acknowledging the fact that those words have power and that we are held accountable for what we're doing as Christ for our words as Christians. Because as Christians, we're Christ-like. So we're setting the example to the world of who Jesus is through, who, um, through us. And that's why integrity is such an important trait to carry. So I'm going to invite Emily. We're going to end it with um, being true to God. You guys give it up for Yara. That was amazing. You were exactly on what you said you would be doing. All right. Um, so, yeah, so our last kind of point to wrap this up, and then we're going to kind of go into an interactive activity, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is having integrity with God. And by that, I don't, I don't, I mean, like, yes, having integrity um, in, like, being honest with God, but also having integrity in the way that you, per like, you think about God and not letting our circumstances dictate our, our opinion and our view of God, because God is always the same, right? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. And I, I don't know about you, but the best opinion of anybody who never let their circumstances sway their opinion of the Lord was Job. And how many of you, do we all know the, the story of Job, right? The story where basically, summarization, um, Satan goes to God and says, um, your servant Job, like, I'm going to take all of the things away. Like, Job was an incredibly blessed man because he was a really devoted, like, servant of the Lord. And he says, I'm going to take it all away from him. And if I take it all away from him, like, Job is going to turn his back on you. And God's like, go ahead. He's not going to. You can take his stuff away. You can, like, make him sick. But you cannot take his life. That is the only thing. You cannot take his life. Um, but you can, like, I'm going to allow you to, like mess with him. And he, and God literally says in Job two, verse three, he says, there's no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. And so then 
the the devil leaves that meeting and goes and gives Job sores all over his body, like head to toe. And at this point, thing everything had like been destroyed already. And then now Job is covered in sores. And the Bible this is kind of gross, so I'm just gonna say it. The Bible says that he went and he got like a piece of shattered pottery and began to scrape his skin. So sorry, because he was in so much pain. And his wife looks at him and says, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. His wife tells him to curse God and then die. Like, how awful is that? And Job, this is Job's reply to her. He says, he replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God, but not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. So the closest person to him and his wife, his, his life, his wife, tells him that he should curse God and die. And Job is like, no. I am not turning my back on God. Like, and he literally says, he's like, what? So we only should be with God in the good and not in the trouble. And I think it's so easy for us to be like, yeah, everything's great. Thank you, Lord. And then something bad happens and we're like, why have you forsaken me? And it's like, okay, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like he does not change. Our circumstances might change. What's happening around us change. We change, but God does not change. So what gives us the right to change our perspective and how we treat God based on what's happening in our lives? And then even later on, and a lot of Job is this like dialogue back and forth and Job's friends all tell him he needs to give up and like throw in the towel and forget God. And in Job 27 two, he's responding to his friends and he says, um, as surely, as long as I have life within me, Job 27, three, the breath of God in my nostrils, well, my lips will not say anything wicked and my tongue will not utter lies. And then he says, I will never admit that you are right. He's saying that to his friends because they're telling them, like, you need to listen to us. God abandoned you. He's like, till I die, I will not deny my integrity. I will maintain my innocence and never let go of it. As my conscience will not reproach me as long as I live. Job refused, despite his circumstance, despite what his best friends were t- in the world were telling him, he refused to deny God. He refused to blame all of his issues on God. He refused to let his circumstances define who God was in his life. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him, raise my hand and say, I don't do that. <laughs> I'm so easy for me to be like, God, this is your fault. You told me to do this, and now this is hard, and I don't like it, and uh, I'm stressed out, and I want to quit. And God's like, no, nah, like, really? Like, <laughs> like, come on. You know, like, God is the same God who gave me the opportunity that I wanted is still the same God that is with me when it's really hard and I want to give up. Like, it's not just all the good and shiny things. Like, he is in every circumstance. And we need to have integrity in our relationship with the Lord and not compromise our opinions and our thoughts based on how we feel. And so Yara's going to share a little bit more about that. Yeah. So my story isn't as crazy as Job's. But <laughs> but I just remember um, throughout these past like four years being in college and finally graduating, I just thought I never would graduate. Like literally, I'm like, God, you called me here. You gave me all these promises for school. And now I literally I don't have a plan. I don't like there's nothing's um, working together. And I just and I could have like just been like mad or just like I, I mean, I was mad in some moments, but I could have just stayed there. But I just knew that. um that God, I just, I love you so much, and I don't want to, like, be away from you. I don't want, because without God, for me, it's, and with all of us, it's, 
as I can say, it's hell. And with God, even though we are going through like stress or just hardships in our lives, like that's the mo- that's the moment where we learn how to stick to him. That's the moment where we learn how to be healed and whole and even understand, not fully understand, but understand the reason why we're there. And um, so, yeah, trying to find my path and still not trying and still not completely having the clear picture of it, I just really learned that through those hardships, crying over different classes, like those were the moments in time where I completely like leaned onto God and I completely trusted him. And that just shows that being true to God means that there's one thing and that's valuing him, valuing him through whatever you're going through, valuing him through the hardships. And just like Job did, like he continued like to speak out, like, you know, God is good. He's going to heal me. He's going to restore me. I know who he is. And that's just calling out who he is. He's my provider. He is my healer. He is my strength. He's my giver. And through this, I had to just learn how to maintain my trust in God and not what was going on around me. I couldn't let what was going on around me define who God was because God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still always going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever, no matter what we go through. And um, so Mark 12, it just says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. See, this verse, it's easy to follow it when we're going through good things. But what about those hard times? Is it easy to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, if you're sitting down crying over someone who passed away or crying for over something that you don't understand in life that's going on? But God is saying, no, just love me with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind because you don't understand what I'm doing. And um, so we just want to, um, I just felt like today, like God wants to bring us back into that place of wholehearted worship through um, just whatever we're going through with, you know, being young and not understanding our whole lives and not understanding what's next. And um, yeah, so he wants to bring us back into wholehearted trust and worship with him so we can maintain that integrity. Yeah, and I think that, like, one thing we just kind of want to, we're going to give some practical points just to kind of, like, how do we do this? How do we get to a place of having integrity in our life? And I just feel like I want to, like, this was kind of, like, the Lord put this on my heart, that, like, integrity doesn't always mean that, like, you say, like, the answer you think everyone wants you to say. Or you, like, like... I know I said like it's doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Sometimes that means being incredibly honest with somebody and telling them like, I don't want to do this right now or I can't do this or I'm, that's not how I feel or, or whatever it might be. And like, and I just felt like the need to like, to say that I felt like it included, like it means being honest, like having integrity means being honest and being honest with yourself. Even if that means you have to say, okay, you know what? I'm not capable of doing this right now or you know what I've been doing this for a long time I don't want to do this I don't want to be at this job I don't want to have this you know career path I don't know whatever whatever it might be I just like really want to encourage you that I think that it's so important to have like honesty and integrity uh and I, I'm like I'm looking at Christy because like my no 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 this is why because like my like Danielle and Christy and like my friendship with them has like challenged me so much to just like be real because like we'll all hang out and we'll be like okay we actually really don't want to hang out everyone just wants to go to bed and we're like okay bye <laughs> like like and there's not like nobody's offended like we're not hurt it's just like like true friendship is being like I love you and I know we like we don't have to talk right now we can just hang out and just like be ourselves and we don't have to talk and that's okay. Like, and I, that's just kind of like, it was just like stirring this thing in me to remind us that like, like integrity means being honest, being honest with ourselves, being honest with each other. And like, that is the right thing to do is, you know, it's okay to say no. It's okay to, to let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Um, 
and really like getting to a place of being really honest with the Lord and being really honest with yourself and really um, being able to say, okay, this is what ha- I'm having integrity with myself, but being honest with myself and the Lord right now. And that's kind of what we're going to go ahead. So um, the practical steps of having integrity, number one is to forgive yourself, others, and to not compromise your relationship with God. So make sure that in this time you know and you understand that God loves you because the enemy can put lies in your head that saying, oh, God loves you, God doesn't love you, you did this, you did that, and try to put shame on you. And that's not what we were trying to do in this message, but it's just to like see like, okay, that's that cloud and that cloud kind of needs to go away. And, you know, God wants to bring that sun. He wants to bring, he wants to shine light into um, where we're at in our lives and the struggles that we're having and to even to heal and to restore us back into that um, sonship and that daughtership. And number two is to choose your cir- your close circle wisely. You're able to be nice to everyone, but not everyone needs to be your best friend. And that goes with like boundaries and um, just... Yeah, basically choosing your friends wisely. And number... Oh. Not everybody needs to know every detail about your life, okay? There you go. <laughs> Close in Jesus. <laughs> there you go. And then number three, there you go, <laughs> is ask Holy Spirit to highlight to you who you need to pour into and um, pray for it in each season of your life. You don't need to hang out with that person for the rest of their life. Like, that's not that commitment that you need to do. You can, you know, take the wheel, training wheels off. But, you know, sometimes we... God shows us who we need to talk to for a couple months, and then he'll, and then you can have that ease to like, okay, now I'll let them walk, and then God brings other people into their life. So when God just, and also being obedient to whoever God shows you, like, like actually doing it. Like I know sometimes it's going to be hard where we have things to do, or you know, we're tired or whatever. But it's just saying, you know what, God, um, we're not like we're um, we're Christians, so we want to set that example. We want to bring people into knowing who God is. So if God puts those people into your life, go after them, just like God goes after us. So good. Come on with that. Okay, so we, um, if we could have a little bit of soft, sweet worship music in the background. Um, we just, what Yara's going to pass out these pieces of paper and we just wanted to take some time to kind of walk through these questions and really just begin to like, we, uh, we really love practical. And so we're like, we're going to talk about having integrity. We're going to talk about what that means. And then we're going to be practical about it. We're going to actually together begin to just walk in steps to getting us there. And maybe for some of you, this is like no big deal. And you already feel like you walk in all of this and that's awesome. And maybe some of you feel like this is going to be a complete challenge, but that's why we're going to do this together as like a family or not. Um, so what I, what, what we're going to do is they're going to put some worship music on and I go through these questions real quick. And then I'd like us to just maybe spread out in the room, um, find some time with just between you and the Lord and really walk through this. And the first question is ask God if there's any areas in you areas you need to forgive yourself or others in and really be real with him and say, is there something that I have not been having integrity with myself in that I need to let go? Or is there a place where I'm not having integrity with others or I need to forgive people for not having integrity towards me? And then ask God who your inner circle is. Like Yar said, like keep, like have a close inner circle of friends. Not everybody has to be your BFF. And so really ask God, who are those people that you want to hold dear and invest in? Yes, Dominic. Your mic, yes. <laughs> he like looks at me like, oh, me. Uh, and then ask God who you should be pouring into. Like Gary said, like so many times we say things like, oh, I'm going to pray for you. And then what are we doing to actually practically pray for them? Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.